It's cloudy and minus one in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's nine o'clock. I'm Megan Cobb. Police are investigating the death of 16-year-old Jal Jal as a homicide. Jal went out on Thursday evening and never came home. His body was found in a green space near Arbor Meadows Close. Joseph Jal is his uncle and is asking anyone with information to come forward. And our plea is out there or for anyone that who has any information. Uh, that is the greatest thing that can be done to us to bring justice. Jal is described by family and friends as a role model with a great future. It's the first of three suspicious deaths from the last few days being investigated by the CPS homicide unit. With the federal budget coming Thursday, some are wondering what military spending will look like. But first, 770 CHQR helicopter traffic. I'm flying over in the southeast looking at McLeod Trail at Glenmore Trail where you're supposed to have a southbound right lane closure. But those pylons are moved off to the side as of right now. This is supposed to be going on until 3 p.m. Get your hands on KFC's $10 famous chicken chicken sandwich meal for two. It's triple hand-breaded sauce dripping rich only until May 15th. From the 770 CHQR traffic helicopter, I'm Vanessa Arate. The federal government has a lot of options to get military spending up to 2% of GDP. It's a commitment made to NATO and U of C Associate Professor of Economics Trevor Toome says it could be done through a tax hike as a gradual ramp up over years or by increasing the eligibility age for old age security. We previously ratcheted that up to 67. The the new government in 2016 reversed that. That alone, moving from 65 to 67 starting next year, would basically cover about half of the military spending increase. Toome says he isn't a fan of the option, but the federal government could also just borrow the money to increase military spending. Police in California are searching for at least one suspect in connection with a mass shooting early today in downtown Sacramento that claimed six lives and left at least 10 other people injured. Sacramento Police Chief Kathleen Lester says the shooting occurred around 2 a.m. on a street lined with restaurants, bars, and clubs. Our officers were in the area here at 10th and K, and they heard uh, shots being fired. They responded to um, our scene behind me and uh, located a large crowd. Um, They found that multiple people, unfortunately, had been shot, and this is a really tragic situation. Shortly after the shooting, video was posted on Twitter that showed people running through the street amid the sound of rapid gunfire. Estelle Harris, who hollered her way into TV history as George Costanza's short-fused mother on Seinfeld, has died at the age of 93. Chuck Sivertson has more. Harris voiced Mrs. Potato Head in Toy Story movies. I'm packing you an extra pair of shoes and your angry eyes. And was Muriel in the Disney Channel sitcom The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, among other roles. On Seinfeld, as Estelle Costanza, George's loudmouth mom, she debuted in the much-celebrated Emmy Award-winning episode The Contest, in which the four main characters challenge each other to refrain from that. I go out for a quart of milk. I come home and find my son treating his body like it was an amusement park. Estelle Harris said she played Costanza with misery underneath. Chuck Sievertson, ABC News. Taking a look at sports, the Calgary Flames fell 6-4 to the St. Louis Blues last night, the team's third straight loss. The Flames now head to L.A. to take on the Kings on Tuesday. Global News Sky Tracker weather, sunny this morning, turning to a mix of sun and cloud around noon with a high of 11. Partly cloudy and 2 degrees overnight. 
There's a 60% chance of showers tomorrow afternoon with a high of 12, cloudy and 9 for Tuesday, sunshine and 8 on Wednesday. It's minus 1 at 9.04, breaking news when it happens, our next update at 9.30. I'm Megan Cobb. Hello, welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. Sorry. Tony, are you there? Oh, sorry. I apologize. I don't know what was going on there. Um, here we go. It is May, April the 3rd, 2022. And I'm just uh, getting my wits about me. I'm not too sure what was going on there. But we're going to have a great show. Spring has sprung. Yesterday was a great day down at the Garden Center. Nice and busy. The sun was shining. Felt great out there. And we're going to uh, have a great show today. We have uh, Jen is with me here today. Good morning, Jen. Hey, good morning, Merle. How are you? I'm good. I'm not sure. Yeah. I couldn't hear nothing there for a second, and all my things were working. And <laughs> oh, I just, that's okay. Uh, Got you all for sure time today. It's all good. Huh? It's all good. <laughs> yeah. So I missed yeah. a minute or so there, or. I don't know how long, but anyways, um, great day yesterday down at the Garden Center. Mm. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was a really great day. It was so fun for lots of reasons, in- including our new carts. But Yeah, yeah I've customers... seen that. I've seen you, you, you ladies were uh, having some fun with that. So that Yeah, was, uh... a little too much. I could hardly get out of that thing. <laughs> you guys have to check out the social media um, that Lisa and Jen and Jess and the whole team down at Spruce Lake was lots of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have lots of fun down there. But we got some new indoor shopping carts because sometimes it gets a little bit tight. So we kind of have our large, full-on spring carts where you load them right up. And then we have our medium size. And now we have a little bit smaller ones for just eh, if you're picking up a few little house plants or getting some stuff inside the store. So They're trying great. to accommodate. Yeah, trying to accommodate everybody. And, uh, and then we have the little hand carts and then we have the pull carts as well so <laughs> we've got all the things merle to make it easy for people for sure well there's nothing worse like in, when you're buying plants they're the hardest thing to buy like they're not it's not easy to mm. hold them like you hold two mm-hmm. and then your hands are kind of and then you got a nice little pot so um, you gotta accommodate all your customers and make no, sure that you have true. everything you know, and I just I was going to quickly say that that's one of the entertaining things for us, too, is when people come in, they refuse to grab a basket because they only want to grab a couple things. And then, then they move to the basket, <laughs> and then they fill yeah. up the basket. And I always say, would you like me to grab you a cart? And then we go to the cart. So um, it's usually how it ends up, which is fun. Okay. Um, yeah. A couple good things going on. We got lots of uh, people coming out, get their greeted up lawn fertilizer. Mm-hmm. As, uh, and I got a question here. It says, Dear sir, I don't know if I'm quite a sir, but <laughs> dear sir, last fall I bought two products from your shop, which I was unable to use due to me getting busy with other stuff and the mm-hmm. onset of winter. The products were Green It Up Lawn Fertilizer and Green It Up Flowering um, um, Fertilizer. I bought the lawn in September and missed to apply. It, it'll be totally fine. It's As long as it's been kept dry, even if it isn't, if you got a little bit clumpy over the winter, you can just bust those up. And uh, apply it here, and you can pretty much do it any time here. Um, mm-hmm. 
can't maybe we don't want to rake crate yet unless you've had full sun but for the most part um it's still a bit early let everything thaw really well before we get in there with the rake and start digging into the into the soil and into your grassroots let everything thaw out really nice and then you can do that dethatching and then do your first application of lawn fertilizer as well because um, you don't really want to do it before you rake too early um, then you're going to end up raking it away or lose part of it as you rake away. So anyways, it'll be uh, totally fine. And then the flowering product is a, I'm assuming it's the water soluble and uh, it's totally fine. It'll be, you just use that, um, mix it in with your water and, and water your plants as needed. And that, that lasts for, for years and years. So that should be no issue. And with most of your chemicals or things, garden products you buy, you want to make sure that you keep them just sort of in a cool, dry spot. And and that usually works quite well for storage of a lot of that stuff. So, Hey, Merle, can I ask you, because I actually did a little bit of mine. My, I get a lot of dry uh, grass just with the sunlight hitting my, my lawn. But fertilizing, how important is it to water right after? Should you do it right before rain and, and why? Um. It, you don't really have to, but, the, but that's what helps start breaking it down. So mm-hmm. so if you want to start the process and sort of wash it down into the roots a bit, it, it doesn't hurt to, to water, but you don't have to. We had a couple of people in yesterday asking about burning, and almost all fertilizers will burn if you put it on too heavy. Like if you drop a handful okay. or if you happen to stop your, your fertilizer um, spreader in one spot, then it all just drops in there. You're going yeah. to get, uh, you're going to definitely get a burn, and even from ours. But if it's applied properly, it will not burn at all. Like you, you have it spread out, awesome. and uh, it's totally fine. But like the question about the watering, is it necessary? But it, that helps get the process going. That starts help breaking up the little granules, and which will start the feeding process into your lawn, which is kind of what we're looking for. So. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that makes sense. Awesome. I'm excited then. Good. Yeah, and I, I was driving yesterday, noticed uh, some of the boulevards and some of those spots that are getting, it's always where you see the grass go start first is along the roadways and stuff like that, up against some of the walls. Uh, and if you're mm-hmm. driving down, you sort of see the, it's usually whatever, the north side, it, which getting the full sun, and the south side of the road where it's still in the shade, you'll get snow on one side of the road <laughs> and green grass on the other side. So it's kind of incredible. That. Yeah. And I noticed yeah. that on a couple of the job sites with Luke the other day where I went around and met him there, they're, they're laying pavers on one side and uh, the other side, they still had icebergs going on. So <laughs> it's uh, icebergs. Yeah. Oh, so dig yeah. In the well, this is where the fence is, right? You got the, still, yeah. the snow was piled up and, no, so, that's how we roll. That's that's yeah. the way we do things. That's why we're so hardy in Calgary, right? And uh, I, Chris planted um, our annual uh, beginning of April, usually the first day or so of April. We plant our little planter up front with pansies, and uh, mm-hmm. Chris Chris did that yesterday. So that was uh, that's always a cool tradition down at the garden center, and uh, so Looks it's fresh. good to see that. Yeah. Yeah. Looks very yeah. fresh. Yeah. yeah. It's it's um, nice, right? It's sort of mm-hmm. that uh, kickoff to spring, and oh. uh, it's awesome. 
No, yeah. it's very awesome. Yeah, and uh, we've got all our, our herbs. I think people are so... Everybody keeps talking about margaritas this year. <laughs> so we've been selling lime, oh, lime plants and, uh, and <laughs> mint and all that stuff. So that's, uh, that's been going pretty quick, too. I'll have to do a, a restock. Everybody's so excited. And tomatoes, it's, it's crazy. It's fun. Yeah, no, and we got lots of... We got t- tomatoes, pansies, like you said, a bunch of herbs in. Starter plants. Yeah. The next couple of weeks, it'll start ramping right up. Um, we're still a bit early. Like, it's still pretty cool. Yes. Um, even for pansies, like, they can go outside. But I noticed this week it's going to be quite warm. But a couple of the days it's still saying minus five. But that's – the pansies will be fine. But <clears throat> that's sort of at their cusp of uh, what they like, per se, I guess. Mm-hmm. No, and, that's, uh, but- um, that's, that's a question, actually, we chatted about quickly this morning is acc- uh, acclimatizing plants, putting them outside for a little bit. It's too early to do anything like that. I did see some some neighbors doing that with tomatoes already, but um, they didn't look good very quickly. So No, no, it, the air still has quite a bit of ice in it. And, yeah. and what I mean by that, you can feel when the wind blows a little bit. <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me. You get that, um, just that coolness, right? And mm-hmm. it, that, that coolness is like, it almost freeze dries the the baby plant so because they're really tender they've just come out of the greenhouse nice and warm and yeah. sort of like when you get home from vacation and yeah. your skin goes oh what's going on so yeah it's true anyways yeah. i got another text here good morning merle the rhubarb is poking through should i be watering it or just leave it Good um, question. yeah for the most part rhubarb will be fine but if it's in a really warm dry spot I wouldn't hesitate to give it a little bit of water. It's kind of funny. It's a great picture. It has a little bit of snow on it, um, but the old leaves. Leave all the old leaves for a little while, too, and that mulch up against it because that really just helps protect it over the winter, but the leaves are just that crisp green, green, just uh, just come out of the ground, so it looks awesome. So Awesome. Yeah, and, of course, if you'd like to join us, phone lines are wide open, 403 974 Eight two five five, or one eight hundred five six three seven 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 zero, and those are both the talk and text line. And uh, what else do we have going on down there? Anything? Uh, and when when do you think you'll be getting perennials? When do we look at that? Oh, isn't that a good question, Merle? Um, I think we should start getting them. I I think another month. I don't okay. know what you think. Are we going to get them sooner than that? Then yeah. Well, I too, tentatively right? booked a first tree truck um, the first week in May. But I always tell no. them it's well, you have to right now. You have to book your trucks. Yeah, um, that's fair. It's yeah. it's it's a crazy world, and if we're not doing it now, uh, so okay. I tentatively got a couple things booked for the first week in May because okay. Mother's Day kind of hits at a different time. The first week in May is it starts Monday's the second, um, so. And we can still have some pretty nasty weather in early May. True. So mm-hmm. um, I was telling the customer yesterday, we were chatting about trees planting. And I, April 21st always sticks in my head because we had, we'd gotten a full semi-load of trees on a project we were doing just south of Calgary. And April 21st, I went down to minus 20. So oh. these trees have come from our nursery in BC. So yeah. the sap was already going. So they came here. And all the needles just fell off. They just Aww. freeze-dried on the trees. So so people ask why we don't bring stuff in too early. <laughs> That's why. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's very yeah. expensive <laughs> lessons to learn and well, and, heartbreaking but, too, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, no. And we we thought for sure we had we were going to be okay, but then all of a sudden, this as you know, in Calgary, it can change on a dime, and uh, so that uh, that's part of it. But a lot of it is too, like when we're bringing in those larger some of the caliper trees, mm-hmm. depends where they're coming from. Even driving on the highway, they can get freeze burn on them because if if they're going through the mountains and all of a sudden at 100 kilometers an hour it's just it's it's they just dry like they get freeze dried on there so it's Mm -hmm. you have to be very careful even though they have the frost tarps it's just that like they say the wind chill makes such a big difference so oh for sure yeah all right well let's 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 take a quick break jen We'll hey. take some callers and we'll see what's going on here. Um, again, if you want to join us, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. Uh, you're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. And Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's year-round full-service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And there was another part to that uh, um, question from Cowtown Bob. Mm-hmm. Um, just he was asking about the fertilizer, and I guess some of our, someone on our staff recommended replace the rock with mulch as it retains more moisture. That is, a, it's a great recommendation. You don't totally have to do it if you already have the rock in there and it's good. But I, I have a couple other concerns with your with your aspens. It looks like you have that bronze leaf disease in two of them and that really needs to get pruned out so and there's some death pretty good in that middle one and that that bronze leaf disease is quite contagious so um what i would probably do is keep this picture and maybe give mark a call with our pruned up division and have him come out and look at these um they just need to be pruned up and uh and fixed up a bit because you just don't want that bronze leaf going through your uh through your aspens there but i'm almost yeah it just it's not looking good that's why i think you're getting quite a bit of death in the second and third one in the middle and then i see a bit in the middle of the third one so it could spread through there and you just you want to catch that um obviously these pictures are from last year because they were leafed out but uh, i would definitely deal with that first and foremost and then uh if you want to change the mulch, that that's great, but uh, you don't necessarily have to. You can just you're going to use a little bit more water if you're using if you're going to leave the gravel in there, and uh, so it depends what what look you're going for. Uh, for the most part, we do recommend mulch as it holds a lot more moisture. Mm-hmm. Anyways, hopefully that helps. Um, a long-winded answer, and. <laughs> <laughs> as it goes, eh? Um, let's go to the phone line. As, as we get busier and busier here, I gotta, I gotta speed up. We're like I say at the store, right? We're shifting gears, and shifting uh, gears. we're definitely um, going into third and uh, getting ready to speed shift in the fourth here right away. Mm-hmm. And that. let's go to the phone line. We're gonna go to Ralph. Good morning, Ralph. Yeah. Good morning, Merle. Over the last couple of weeks, I've been walking around the yard just checking to see how the shrubs have fared over the winter and I notice in my uh, aging petoniasters I've got some oyster shell scale and I yep. know you were talking about that last year and of course didn't have any last year at least didn't notice it 
But now I got some, and I'm just wondering whether should I prune that out or after 40-plus years of uh, growth? Maybe I should cut yeah. them right down to the ground. Yeah, and I, them... I think, yeah, they're ready for the rejuvenation. Looks like you got a bit of fire, but you got scale in there. Um, so what I would do in those is this, and right now is a great time to do it. Um, go right down to the ground, about four to six inches at the most sort of thing. If you can get a little bit lower, it's even better. Okay. Ensuring that you're using a really good sharp chainsaw, you can get it right down or or hire a good pruning company like us or 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 a good accredited uh, uh, pruning yeah. company out there, Arborist. And if you do it yourself, if you do get a few tears, just get a good, really good sharp pair of loppers and just go through and clean up any of the cuts just so you don't leave any shredded look. Okay. And then at that point, I'd do a really good cleanup. Um, get yourself a soaker hose for, that, for the hedge. And then once it starts leafing out, just put on the soaker hose every couple of days ensure it's getting lots of good moisture and then fertilize as well like you can do like a 20 20 20 something like that or uh and that will just give it a good well-balanced fertilizer and it'll leaf out like crazy and before you know it you'll have your hedge back nice and clean and it'll give you another 30 years all right so like will it grow about what a foot a year or a couple of feet yeah it depends if you if you give it good water and you fertilize it you can get up to two and a half feet three feet this year so wow. without even trying too hard, and if it's get if it gets lots of sun, if it's in a full sun, yeah. as long as you water and and yeah. give it that food, because it's going to it's going to take a lot of energy, right? Because it's adding all new branching and new foliage. Yeah. So right. as if you supply it with the nutrients and the moisture, it'll perform for you. Okay, because it does well, have the too bad root I got to do there. that. But, yeah, sorry, I was going to say it's too bad I got to do that, but I think. Yeah, that's good. You'll be happy though anyway. once you do it. Like it's always hard at first because you do it, you're ah, uh oh. <laughs> but once you do it in a like in a like in a couple months, like mid July, you're gonna say, "Wow, this is great. It's gonna yeah. look really good." Yeah, and always uh, afraid of killing it when you cut it down to the ground like that. But uh, yeah, it's just it's called rejuvenation, and you can't do it with every every tree or shrub, but. Most of the shrubs and ketoniasters, spireas, nine barks. There's quite a few that respond very well to it. Okay. And uh, and unfortunately in Calgary, there's been quite a, I guess, an epidemic or or yeah. somewhat of of just the scale and fire blight and things like that. It's just it's been let go so bad, and it's such a contagious. You get that fly going in the spring and summer, and it just spreads like crazy. So yeah. Um, Okay. All righty. All right. Appreciate All right. Well, good thanks, luck with bro. that, Ralph. Yep. Yeah. Have a and, good day. And uh, you too. Thank you so okay. much. Okay. Thanks. Bye bye. All right. And yeah, it's a, it's an, it's a bit of a nasty one that you have to deal with. But we got to go. We got to take a quick break. And when we get back, if you want to give us a shout, four zero three nine seven four eight two five five. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on seven seventy CHQR. It's mostly cloudy and zero in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 9.30. I'm Megan Cobb. Investigators are working to determine the cause of a house fire in Vagerville yesterday. One person was found dead inside the home when the flames were extinguished. Police in California are looking for at least one suspect in connection with a mass shooting early this morning in downtown Sacramento that killed six people and injured 10 others. 
And Ukrainian troops are finding brutalized bodies and widespread destruction in suburbs of Kyiv as Russian soldiers withdraw and Moscow focuses its attacks elsewhere. Sunny this morning, becoming a mix of sun and cloud around noon with a high of 11, partly cloudy and two overnight. There's a 60% chance of showers for tomorrow afternoon will reach a high of 12 degrees. It's zero. Breaking news when it happens, our next scheduled update at 10. I'm Megan Cobb. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. I'm here with Jen Lemire, and we're going to try to answer all your questions. We do have a full phone board, which is great. Awesome. And I do have a quick text, and he listens to our podcast all the way from New York, the U.S. of A. So he sent a picture. Yeah, he has a plum tree, and they get a lot of the same problems we have. Um, So what he has, he has a big frost crack down the one main Mm. of the trunk. And he's asking what to do with that. So what I would do on that, and he's asking, they have a product called down there, it's called Tree Coat, which is like an asphalt-based tree wound product. And I really try to stay away from those. Or what I would do myself on this, I would use a product called Black Balsam. It's like a, it's a bark replacement. And I would fill that crack in with that. It'll seal it up really nice. The difference between lac balsam and some of the asphalt-based, it lets the bark breathe. It's a breathable product. It's developed in Europe. It's just it's a great product for for animal damage, frost cracks, things like that. Um, but it is important to do it because you need to fill that in because it's going to lose a lot of moisture through that crack. So if you just leave it, it can cause damage. So we want to get that healed up as best you can. So. If you can get that, um, is great. And if you have a hard time getting um, lac balsam, you could also use like just a caulking, like a good latex-based silicone caulking, and just put that down into the crack, and that'll help if you can't get the lac balsam. It's better than the asphalt-based product mm. for your for your trees. So give that a try, and uh, and that's great. Thanks for listening um, from the great U.S. of A. Let's cool. go to Mo. Good morning, Mo. Yeah, good morning, Merle. Uh, I have a row of um, tame Saskatoon trees, and they're probably oh, 20 feet tall, probably in places, and they're hard to pick anymore. Can a guy yep. prune them down, or what's the best way to deal with that? Yeah, you, you can, or else we'll get an arborist ladder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I've been using a 10-foot ladder to pick them, and it's getting a little little yeah. dirty up there. Yeah, if you do a lot of it, it is worth the investment if, you, if you're doing a bit of that. An arborist ladder has two legs that are wider and has like a pole. And it, it looks very wobbly when you look at it, but once you stand on a ladder like that around a tree, it is the sturdiest thing going. It's kind of, hmm. you get a lot of people when I say, here, grab that and go up on there. They're kind of like, really? But once you get on there, they're like, wow, this is solid. Um, but you can prune them back a bit. They're ones that they don't like to be heavily pruned. They're better if you kind of try to keep them at a certain height. 20, 20 feet is probably pretty high. That's that's super high for a Saskatoon. Well, maybe there's 16 or 18. but when Yeah, there, so they're up there a ways oh. anyways. Yeah, yeah so yeah. What, I would try to reduce it from the top, maybe take 10, 15% down, take two or three feet off it. And, uh, okay. And you just don't want to get into too thick of the branches because then it okay. opens it up. Can you do that now or that? did you do it? do it later absolutely no right now is a good time 
And can a guy kind of do do that every year? Like do a little more every uh, every year and kind of bring him yeah. back down or? Yeah, you can. It's it's just shaving, but you can only bring them down so much. Otherwise, you almost need to do that rejuvenation. What I talk about is take it down to the ground and then let yeah. it regrow from the bottom. Will um, they? Sask- will they? Re- will they do that? You can do that with them too. Yeah, you can, but it's not as good because they they get quite big branches on the bottom. So when you look on, you got probably three or four inch uh, trunks on some of those. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but so, if, you, if you took them down to the ground in three years, would you have a nice edge again? Oh yeah, no, it grew up like crazy. So yeah, and they'd be they'd still produce it. Yeah, maybe is it I pretty nice and healthy? And, yeah, I is it really nice and healthy roll. right now? Yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah, so just try reducing off the top, like the real thin branches, and take okay. that down, and then um, maybe try a few the other way. Maybe try if you if you have a couple sections. Do a yeah. smaller section and just see how it performs, and if it works sure. out great for you, continue on the rest. Um, okay. Those, like I said, I'm a little more nervous of those because any of the fruit, they're a little more susceptible. So if you're going to do that with those, I definitely use the copper spray or the Bordo. Um, okay. When you do it, spray the wounds with it. It just helps okay. seal it up, and it uh, makes a difference because that opens them up to a lot of different diseases and uh, things like that. So. Okay, and uh, right. and I can still prune uh, apple trees. Yep. Yeah, but just remember when you're pruning, if you're just doing it for shaping, um, any of the pruning you do, you will lose those blooms and things on those branches. Okay. So you'll lose the fruit, but if it if it, if they're too tall or doing it, you probably don't want the fruit that high anyway. So. Um, yeah. Well, you're getting to be some cross branches in there, so. Yeah, so absolutely. That kind of stuff. Yeah, you want to do that now. That's perfect. Okay. Thanks, Merle. All right. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. And let's go to Garrett. Good morning, Garrett. Hey, Merle. Uh, love the show. Thanks for taking my call. Of course. Uh, how can we help you? Um, so I was looking at um, ordering some tree seedlings to get a shelter belt kind of windbreak start along my driveway this summer. Yeah. Um, it's it's a it's kind of a south facing slope, and where it hits the driveway is basically the bottom. So it gets a lot of snow. I'm just kind of worried about these if they're like 18 inch, if they grow to like two feet this year. I'm just worried about them being covered by snow next winter. So I'm just kind of worried about is that which totally wipe what, them out. What what type are you looking to do? Are you going to do the lilacs, the poplars, the spruce, or? Um, I was <coughs> this one nursery still has some. Uh, Spruce and uh, poplars. I was going to do, try and do a row of each, is what I was looking at at the moment. Okay, um, the poplars should be fine. The only problem is, <clears throat> as well, when you get the deep snow, it also opens up for the mice to get in there and they chew the bark off. Um, right. See, so what you can do is, if you set up a wind fence, <clears throat> sorry, a snow fence, like eight feet away from it. So whatever okay. way it's facing, it'll make the snow drift before the before the thing, so it's not totally buried. Um, okay. Yeah, I was wondering yeah. if that would be a good option to help a little bit with the snow there. Yeah, if it's drifting down, if you like I said, if you put the snow snow fence up like ten feet away from the edge, it'll make it drift before it. So that gotcha. that will definitely help. Um, and just if you stake where each one is, you can always clear it out a bit too. 
Um, oh, yeah. And just make sure it's not sitting in a real wet spot. If it's at the bottom, um, some of your spruce and that probably won't do well. So you're maybe better to stick with poplars and some of that stuff if it's too wet oh, okay. like that. Yeah, because uh, I was going to have the spruce on the kind of where the water runs in the spring, so I might have to reevaluate that idea. So. Yeah, I'd probably do, yeah, just stick with the poplars on that or uh, or some of the lilacs. I'm not too sure what varieties they have going. Um, but there's also the shelter belt program with some of the municipalities around town. Um, like the Wheatland and the, some of the other ones, they have a uh, a shelter bait program that you can get. So Yeah, I don't think my county's doing it. I was going to ask if you know of any good uh, grants happening right now, but uh, yeah, I haven't, I haven't yeah, found those anyone ones, been able to get. Yeah, it's just ensure that you look after them well at that point too, because starting small, it takes it takes a long time if you and they need that little extra care for the first couple of years. For sure. So yeah. if you're not willing, if you're not wanting to do as much on the beginning, start with a maybe a one or a two gallon tree that's already rooted in, and you'll be amazed right. at how fast that will get going. Like it's, gotcha. it's so and bark mulch, put a drip system in, and then that way you don't have to worry about it. Then it's there for the next twenty years for you too to get those things going, and it's pretty okay. inexpensive. So, right. Oh, yeah. Or, yeah, I might have to look into that it's, probably it's like worth 90 it. To 90 to 100 yeah. trees. You can water them all at one time, too. It's nice just off your hose. You just put yeah, it on, sure. you put a little emitter at each one, and uh, it's definitely worth it because I've seen guys out. They start, everyone's ambitious the first couple of weeks, the first month, but then by the time you get to July, August, that uh, that ambition tends to <laughs> you lose it, right? After you've watered yeah. those trees for that 15th time, you're just like, ah. They're good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that definitely sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah, no, hey, we're all guilty of it. I, I just, I just say it from my own experience. I've, I've done it, so I'll, I'll <laughs> preach to everybody else, and hopefully, someone will learn from me. There you go. Right Alrighty. Thanks, Mark. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thanks, Garrett. Yep. Cheers. Take care. All right, we got to take a break. You're listening to <laughs> Let's Talk Gardening on 770CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. I am going to go to the phone lines, and we're going to go to Cheryl. Good morning, Cheryl. Hello. Hi there. How can I help you, Cheryl? Well, thank you first for taking my call, Merle. Of course. Um, I would like to put in a few columnar trees against the south-facing garage of an enclosed um, backyard. And I have an uh, eaves trough about 10 feet and the problem is I also have, um, I also, that's my walkway to my gate, so I can't have, I can't have the commoner trees too wide. And I'm just worried about the heat from a south-facing backyard plus, um, you know, against the garage. Yeah, which is, a lot of times it's good because it's going to uh, create a bit of a microclimate for your trees, which is good. Um, oh. Just ensure that they have enough room to grow up so you don't have them planted too close. So they're not going into the eaves and things like that. Okay, okay. And so, do you would you recommend any particular uh, commoner tree that would be good for that? Yeah, there's quite a few. Like, obviously, we got the the Swedish commoner aspen. If you want a fast growing, if you want some a little bit more ornamental, like we do have the emerald spire, and there's a red and a green one. Okay. 
that is an ornamental crab apple. You get nice. Oh. They only get about a foot wide. And yeah, you do get yeah. some fruit on it, but nothing too messy. But you do get the nice flowers. You get either on the green spire, you get a nice white flower. On the purple spire, you get a nice pink flower. And okay. they would do really well in a spot like that. Um, oh, cool. But if you're looking for a bit more coverage, a gladiator crab is another great one. Um, that's probably one of my favorite. Like, sort of gets about 10 feet wide, 15 feet wide maybe at the most. But it sort of grows up in a straight like in a sort of a column, use less of those. So if you use the emerald spire or the purple spire, you're going to plant them sort of every three or four feet. And if you're doing the gladiator, you could plant them every 10 feet or the Swedish columnar aspen sort of every four feet. Every four feet. Okay. So, it, and when you said about them growing 10 feet wide, like, um, so how far are you talking So that'd about be that? like five feet on each side. So if you stay four feet, Five feet away from the from the garage, if you're going to go with the with a gladiator, um, that because um, it's five it's ten feet total, so five feet on each side of the main trunk. Yeah, my concern is that it's along the pathway to my gate, and so I was hoping okay. to find find one that was maybe around two to three feet wide, if that was a possibility. Yeah, so so I would stick either with the Swedish columnar aspen or those purple spire, purple or emerald spire crab. Okay. They're great. And okay. if you look, if you go to our website, and you can just go, we have a thing called the Plant Finder. So if yeah. you click on that, and you can just type in Emerald Spire or Purple Spire, and it'll come up. And you can create like a little shopping list on there. You can just go add to my list, and then you can print it off or save it. And uh, and it gives you all the information there as well. It's oh, a good resource fantastic. for a bunch of uh, all the different plants that will grow here for the most part. Okay, and if I wanted to, um, if I wanted to put like a trellis uh, on there, uh, would I? Well, w would you have any recommendations uh, for that? Like, uh, yeah, we 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 have both wood and metal trellises. Um, we have some that are a little bit more ornamental, or or we have the wood like fairly simple, like just wood squares, things like that. Both of those would be great. Oh, I'm thinking more in terms of what kind of. Um, what kind of a, a, a climbing one would be would be good for that area if I chose to go that route instead? Okay. Um, so what you could do for a climbing, you could do clematis, um, Virginia creeper, um, hops, both those. But if you're doing the hops or the Virginia creeper, you're going to get those little leaf hoppers. So you got to be a bit, you got to be careful and spray starting the first of July for about three to four weeks. Spray them with pure spray green. Otherwise, you get those leaf hoppers all over your of the hops and the and the Virginia creeper. So that'll help keep them at bay. Okay, so you're saying that they they they'll spread on the on the ground. Yeah, well, they'll crawl up the the wall, but you need to put a trellis up or something on yeah. the wall. Okay, yeah. but they're not invasive on the ground. No, not at all. No. Okay, and then for the if I was to put going back to either of these, would you put a would you put anything for for cold feet at all on the on around the base? Yeah, well, for the clematis, you can cover it, but any of that stuff. If it's a real warm spot, I would always recommend putting bark mulch down. Like create bark? your bed, put it. Yeah, bark mulch, just like a shredded mulch. Yeah, and that really okay. helps hold hold the moisture in, and it's uh, helps keep them frozen through the winter as well, which is really okay. important. Okay, and so so and you don't like the idea of a stone underneath it, eh? 
Well, I don't mind it, but it, again, in, in some of the real hot spots, it 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 dries out quicker because the stone heats up and help and dries out, and it really doesn't hold any of the moisture in. Okay. Okay. If that makes so, sense. So, yeah, that makes sense. So those columnar trees would benefit more from a from a, a, a mulch, a, mulch. Uh, a bark yeah. mulch. Okay. Absolutely. And so if I like, I've got a dog that loves to to dig. Um, would you recommend that? Um, I put any stones in front of the mulch so he doesn't get yeah, at that? Yeah, you could. Yeah, you could try to or put a little bit of uh, like um, stucco wire underneath the mulch one layer so he'll dig in there. He'll hit the wire a couple times and then oh, it will okay. be much fun for him and he'll give that up pretty quick. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate your time. Thanks, Cheryl. Take care. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye. All right. And I need to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CH. QR. Welcome back. Let's talk gardening. I'm Ro Coombs, and I'm going to go right to the phone line. We're going to go to Mark. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, Merle. How are you today? Good, good. How can we help you? Hey, Merle, I phoned you last fall about a May Day tree that was growing through my deck. Yeah, and, no, uh, I remember that. Yeah, and uh, since since then, uh, it got uh, like I'm I'm having a really hard time wanting to cut down the whole thing, and but it got black. It got that black or yeah. Whatever yeah I remember you were saying last year it was getting that black knot into it. So yeah. Now, like like I was thinking, I was thinking of still keeping it but pruning it down a bit because it's such a nice shade tree. Because our house faces southwest. Can I just trim out the black wart? Uh, yeah, uh, you can the black knot. You can prune all that out, which you should do because it is quite contagious. And especially at this time of year, you want to clean it out because okay, as the birds land on it, different thing. It's an airborne spore. But don't yeah. burn the branches either. No, like no, no. I was just going to take them to the land, the, the landfill. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. So yeah, I can just, this, I, yeah, just cut it all out as best you can. You just the more you cut back a Schubert, though, they're gonna it suckers like crazy, right? So yeah. You're gonna get lots of growth so it, it's a sort of a three-step process with those like you'll prune out all the stuff if you do a heavy pruning it's going to send out all kinds of branching like crazy so after oh. that i would go in and thin it out again and then again in the fall before winter like you're gonna you're gonna have a two or three process because they, oh. they they'll, they'll suck her like crazy oh is that right and, and then it'll also start coming control, up from the, the bottom as well pardon me what can I do to control the suckers? That's just what I just said, just controlled pruning. That's mm. it. And if they oh. start coming from the bottom, <clears throat> which is harder because obviously it's in your deck, Yeah, it'll start coming up through the deck. Yeah, so, they already have. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So <laughs> it's going to be one of those ones. It's a battle. Um, you, you can try like lightly putting – Round up on some of those ones coming up in the deck, or if you can get underneath there, like dig down. Yeah, I can get underneath. System. Yeah, yeah, get down and dig the root out. It's uh, like I said, but once they start suckering and they get that into them, that black knot, I, I I'd get really close to to thinking of removing it. Um, but the only problem is is getting underneath the deck to be able to remove the root system if you want to put something back in. Or just kill it and how hard are you to pull out? Well, something like that's probably big. It's going to be a bit like well, we could just kill the stump and let it rot. I'd probably just cut it right down, drill the holes in it, kill the stump. 
and then mm-hmm. issue stump rot, and then it would just rot it away, and then oh. either build the deck over top or in a couple of years yeah. go in and try and dig it out. Oh, okay, okay, all right. Well, yeah, thank so you very much. Yeah, so definitely clean it up. Yeah, get rid of all that black nut though, because it is quite contagious to any of the other ones around. Yeah, so. I'm actually going to do that here right away. I got the I got the little saw out. So, all right, all right. Thank you very much, and you have a good right. weekend. Thank you so much, Mark. You too. Take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. Yeah, it's uh, that black dot, and right now, and it's that's why I know when I chat with Mark from Printed Up, when when we're on here, we talk about looking at your your trees at this time of year. Love it. We can see what's going on with either black knot or some of the diseases and things like that. Um, it's it's really important to examine your trees without the leaves because you see all the skin, you see what's going on. You can see the structure way more. So much of the structure gets hidden once it leaves out. So it's it's really important to, to have a look at your trees at this time of year and, uh, and go from there. I got a little i got probably one minute here but then i gotta go i'm just gonna answer a quick text how big of a pot should i transplant my tomatoes into they are sweet 100s those are going to be quite big so i like to go into like a 20 inch pot 24 inch pot at least but let it grow to about eight ten inches high and then bury it about six to seven inches deep pull all the bottom leaves off it and then bury it right in the middle of that big pot and it'll that way you won't get the floppy because right now it's probably floppy in your pot. So what you want to do is transplant it and then it's going to send all the roots out from the from the main stem and it'll make that a really nice sturdy uh, tomato, and especially for a sweet 100 to get nice and tall. And then put your tomato cage in early. It's a lot easier to do it um, now or if you use steaks, it's a little bit easier. But if you use a tomato cage Put it in there when it, when they're young. It's much easier to do. But right now, I'm going to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. It's cloudy and zero in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 10 o'clock. I'm Megan Cobb. Calgary police have identified a teen found dead on Thursday as 16-year-old Jal Jal. Joel went out on Thursday evening and never came home. His body was found in a green space near Arbor Meadows Close. Joel's aunt, Akir Kwal, has set up a GoFundMe page to help the family. We would like to give him a proper burial. Um, He's a kid that um, will be remembered and we want to um, show him that love. I'm pretty sure he can see us from above. Um, We want to show him uh, the best, the best funeral. Police are looking for any information about suspicious activity on Thursday evening near Arbor Meadows Close or Cross Crochild Trail on Scenic View Close. It is one of three suspicious deaths since Thursday being investigated by the CPS Homicide Unit. Police say it's too soon to know if the deaths are connected. Investigators are working to determine the cause of a house fire in eastern Alberta where one person was found dead yesterday. RCMP say when they arrived at the early morning fire in Vagerville, there were two people who had made it outside on their own. They were taken to hospital with non-life-threatening injuries, but one person was found dead inside the home when the fire was extinguished. Police have not released any details about the victim. Canada has committed to bumping military budget up to 2% of GDP, but an Alberta economics professor says it likely won't happen all at once. Associate Professor of Economics at the U of C, Trevor Toome, says it's not likely Thursday's budget will see the whole increase brought in. 
That would probably be just completely unwise and waste of money if it was ramped up so quickly. It takes time to recruit and procure and so on and so forth. But if we gradually increased up to two and reach it, say, by 2028. Toom says that would mean an increase of about one point or 0.1% per year, and the feds could make that up simply by not growing spending in other areas of the budget. As the war between Russia and Ukraine continues, Global News will hear from a Ukrainian politician on what is happening there. Host of the West Block, Mercedes Stevenson, says she will be speaking with one of the five female Ukrainian MPs. It just strikes you to horror of who is suffering in this war. It's here to speak about the situation, about what's happening, to talk to Canadian lawmakers about what they can do. So we're going to be speaking to one of those women on the show, especially as we see the Russians ramping up attacks around cities like Kiev. As they said time and again, that they're going to pull back and then becoming more aggressive. You can catch the full show on Global Calgary this morning at 10 or here on 770 CHQR at 11. Meanwhile, the regional governor in Kharkiv says Russian troops have continued shelling the city in the northeastern part of Ukraine. He says that over the past 24 hours, Russian artillery and tanks have carried out more than 20 airstrikes on the city and its outskirts. Meantime, Ukrainian troops continue to move cautiously as they retake territory north of Kiev amid fears that Russian forces left booby-trapped explosives. President Volodymyr Zelensky has warned that homes, abandoned equipment, and even the bodies of those killed could be booby-trapped. There was a mass shooting in Sacramento, California early this morning. Alex Stone has the details. It was a shooting in the heart of downtown Sacramento, an area full of nightclubs, typically busy on a weekend night. Around 2 in the morning, rapid gunfire was heard and victims went down. Police say six are dead, 10 more injured. Police Chief Catherine Lester says her investigators don't yet know what unfolded. We are asking for the public's help in helping us to identify uh, the suspects in this and provide any information that you can to help us solve this. Nobody has been arrested. Alex Stone, EBC News. Taking a look at sports, the Calgary Flames fell 6-4 to the St. Louis Blues last night, the team's third straight loss. The Flames now head to L.A. to take on the Kings tomorrow. And in the NBA, it's been a long time coming. Kyle Lowry finally makes his return to Toronto today. Lowry signed with the Miami Heat last summer after nine seasons with the Raptors. Today's game will be Lowry's first in Toronto since February 2020. Global News Sky Tracker weather, a mix of sun and cloud with a high of 11 degrees today. Partly cloudy, cooling to a low of two overnight. There's a 60% chance of showers tomorrow afternoon with a high of 12. Cloudy and nine for Tuesday, sunshine and eight on Wednesday. It's zero at 10.05. Breaking news when it happens. Our next update at 10.30. I'm Megan Cobb. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs. And if you'd like to join me, phone lines are open. 403-974-8255. And I'm going to go to the phone lines and... We got our sweet pea guru on the line. I believe it's Diana who is on. Hello, Good morning, welcome, Diana. Merle. How are you? Good, good. Had an interesting winter, but uh, no, things are looking good now. So, did you guys get um, much snow down there? This will probably be my last year because I got a diagnosis just before Christmas of colon cancer, which I do oh. not recommend. Yeah, no, I'm sorry to hear that. That's, no, uh, that's no, it's okay. Good. I've come out of it. They've taken half my guts out, but that's okay. <laughs> but it will probably be my last year. 
Oh. Um, what well, I want to tell everybody one. about is if you want some help growing sweet peas, that the Calgary Hort is going to put on a, a sweet pea show next weekend. Or not oh, really? a show, a, a presentation. A workshop? Yes. All right. Are you putting it on? or? Yes, I am. Yes. Okay. Awesome. All right. Yeah, so. so, and we all know our good friends down at the Cary Hort Society. So you can go, and that's calhort.org is the website. You can sign on, and I'm sure there's a spot where you can sign up for that workshop. And uh, and that'll be in the new facility, I, I assume. Um, no, it's going to be down in, no, I'm not sure of the building, but it's, I think, the wood. Wait a minute. Let's have a look. Um, I think it's called the Woodview Community Center, so it's in the southwest. Okay. Nice. Yeah, I know they're just moving into their new facility. I don't know if they're all set up yet. Um, yeah, they're, they're having trouble the with computer green. connections and things. Oh, okay. Well, they were last we week. They were all sort of getting a bit rattled with it all, right? Yeah. So, um, no, we've got – it's been lovely weather for sweet peas. I mean, right now they're ahead of where they've ever been, but I don't know what it's like in Calgary so you, today, but it's, it's today pretty it's cold here. Today it's plus 8 or 10. Um, oh, so okay, yeah, we're not that warm can, here. If you're going to work the soil right now, if you can in those spots, is it good time to plant your – Sweet peas uh, it's outside. way too early, way too early, because okay. we could get another warm spell or we could also get, you know, like seriously yep. cold. So it's, it's a bit early, unless you want so, to start them in the house. And that's like May 1st or something like that? Is that typically May 1st? Is that a good time? Yeah, that would usually be a lot better time if you're planting outside, yes. Okay, because sweet peas yeah. are tough, though. Not, they're not hard to start inside, but if you if you don't have your timing right, they can get pretty leggy on you pretty quickly. They can if you don't keep them cold. If you don't have somewhere cold, if you put them in your nice hot living room window at like 27 degrees, no, <laughs> they don't do well at all. No. You need yeah, they, somewhere they really don't cold. Like, you have to have like a cooler room or a cooler window or something. Yeah, they get that really stretchy look and they don't like the like you said that's it if they're too hot yes they will awesome mine are out in the greenhouse it got very close to freezing last night unheated and they've been just fine so okay um Um, if anybody has so what day is that even in a cold greenhouse that's not a bad idea now either what day is the workshop diana uh it's next saturday which is the ninth okay and what time it's the ninth, and it's one one o'clock. Okay, so if anybody wants to join Diana down at the Hort site, see if there's some tickets available, and uh, get signed up for that because you're in for a, a great workshop. And uh, so, if you're in town, maybe uh, give me a a text or a call, and uh, maybe stop in and say hi down at Spruce. Oh, that would be lovely. I love dropping in there, Merle. So I definitely okay. will. Okay, well, let me know if you're going to come before or after, and I'll make okay, sure. Okay, will do. So. Sounds good, Diana. Take care. Thank you very much, Merle. Thank you. All right, Bye. take care. Bye-bye. All right, yeah, if you get a chance to to hear Diana speak about sweet peas, she is the guru, and uh, you'll have great success with that. And I'm going to go. Where am I at for time? I got enough time. I'm going to go to Glenn. Good morning, Glenn. Good morning, Glenn. Good morning. How are you? Good, good. How can I help you? I just have one quick question for you. Yep. We have a, a Carmen Jewel sour cherry bush or a shrub. Yep. And you can't rejuvenate those, can you? 
Not really. You can a bit. Like if you get some winter dye back, just prune it out. But typically you don't need to rejuvenate them. Like, um, well, is it just, is there lots of deadwood in it or? Yeah. See, this plant's probably five to seven years old and we've never pruned it. And last year it looked terrible. Yeah. So what I would do is just prune out all the deadwood. I really wouldn't necessarily take it right down and just prune out all the deadwood and just try to even it up a bit. But I, w- I probably wouldn't take it right down to the ground. Like Okay, that's that's what I was wondering. And we did it with our Cotone Asters, and they've, we've done it twice now. And they came back just great. Yeah. And, yeah, and I, I've done it with Nanking Cherry and Double Flowering Plum. Um, but the the Carmine Jewel and that, I don't, I'm not sure if I would do that like with any of the these sour cherries quite. Like you said, if it's it's still pretty young, like I said, I would first try just pruning out all the deadwood, and okay. just make sure you clean out any of the weeds and grass or anything around it. Make sure it has a good, nice little tree well around it, um, and ensure that you're feeding it like a fifteen thirty fifteen. That'll yep. make all the difference as well. Yep. And it's on. We got bark mulch all over the. We have one area in the yard is strictly fruits. Okay, uh, nice. Saskatoons and apples, cherries. And uh, the bulk march or the mulch works really well. Uh, we've had no problem that way, but we just it looked pretty bad last year. And the better half is looking at taking it right down to see if it can rejuvenate the same as the Catoni asters. And I'm going, I'm a little skeptical. Yeah, that one I wouldn't do myself. Like I said, some of the other, like I said, the Nanking cherries and and double flowering plum and lots of the other shrubs, but with some of that fruit. Um, I'm just, I don't think it'll respond the same way. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. All righty. Well, thank you very much. All right, and good luck with that. Thanks. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. And and my spelling is atrocious. Um, <laughs> hey, Tony, what is the one that starts with the B? Brian, sorry. Yeah, now I just got it. Hey, I'm going to pull up Brian on the line. Good morning, Brian. Hi there. <laughs> Hey, how yeah, can I, I help you, Brian? Yeah, I got a uh, poplar tree. It's actually very tall, and I'm starting to shoot out some suckers. Yeah. And uh, last last year was the first time, and I want to dig up some of these suckers and put them someplace else, but I, I want them to live. Like, how long should I let them suckers stay where they're at to grow some good roots? Yeah, it, it's hard to do. So what it is, it, it's a, is it better to try it when it's a little bit younger? If you're going to try to dig those out, and I would probably do it as soon as the ground's thawed enough where you can do it. So in the next two to three weeks sort of thing. Yeah, these are like, uh, uh, they first, they came up like last spring, I guess, or last summer was the very first time they came up. Like the suckers, and they're only, I don't know, maybe 15 to 30 feet away from the tree right now. Yep. So one way you could try to do it and see if they're going to survive is dig around it. Like, so... Um, if you get yourself a really good sharp shovel, and this it's called root pruning, and just go okay. all the way around the, each sucker that you're going to try to keep, and just go down as deep as you can, like with the shovel. Like if you if you have a 12 inch shovel, go all yeah, the way down and, and yeah. do a yeah, make a circle all the way around. It's called root pruning. So then you'll it'll start developing its own roots, and that becomes its own tree. Okay, and then just leave it in there till it uh... yeah, a bit yeah until either next spring or in the fall you can do it. You can't really move them when they're fully leafed out; they don't like that. 
Okay. Um, All right. And the yeah. uh, next question is, uh, I'm not quite sure what they are, but the girl came out from town and we planted a bunch of little trees all over the place and that was all last fall and some of them i want to move should i wait till next fall so that they've had no some, right uh, no it's better to move them in the spring if you can okay um, so right, i, I, I would move them this spring like get yourself some if they're still quite small i'd get yourself a bunch of those little nursery pots dig them up put them into those right away and then just transplant them all on the same day and again okay. i would do it sooner rather than later like whenever the ground's thawed enough where you can dig it yeah, I've wandered uh, around there today. It's still yesterday yeah, still was probably a little today frozen. It's frozen solid. So. <laughs> yeah, so maybe just wait a little bit for that. Okay, and one last thing about that lady with her colon cancer. I had colon cancer surgery, I don't know, back in 93 or something. So uh, there's good uh, results when you get that done. You can live good. for a long, long time. And the doctor said chances of getting it back are like about 2%. So there you go. Okay. Well, that's right. great to hear, Brian, and um, hopefully Diane is still listening. We'll pass it on. We are all wishing right, okay. her all the best. And that thank, thank you so okay. much. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Okay, bye now. Take care. Thanks, Brian. And we are probably should take a break here in a bit. If you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. And you're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Coverage Year-Round Full-Service Garden Center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And we're going to cover some phones here. We're going to go to Gord. Good morning, Gord. Hi, how you doing, Merle? Good, good. How can we help you? I got a sidewalk that runs, uh, we've been, we moved into the house in 2014, and okay. I believe they put the services underneath the sidewalk, and and the grass has sunk about three inches or more yep. down along there. Is there uh, just fill it in with some loam of some sort? Or? Yeah. And how big of an area do you got, do you think? Oh, it's not that big. It runs about uh, eight, ten feet, and then it's only about four or five feet wide. Okay. Actually, you know what, Gord? Our good friends at Eagle Lake Landscape Supply are going to help you out with your problem here. We're going to give you a big yellow bag. Oh my! And the big yellow bag is full of loam. You can you can ask for loam, garden mix, mulch, whatever you like. Uh-huh. Um, but um, yeah, so our good friends there, and that's sort of the first sign of spring. We'll start seeing those big yellow bags all over Calgary. And uh, so I will. So if you use that, you can just fill in those those low spots um, with the loam that you're going to get in your big yellow bag. And uh, that should fix everything up, and whatever's left over, you can add it to your garden or wherever you need it. Do you re- do you have to reseed, or will the grass just grow up through it? Um, if you do it in smaller amounts, like in, in an inch or two at a time, it'll come up through it. Oh yeah. Uh, but if you want to, if you want to put in a fairly, if it's fairly deep, like five inches at once, um, pack it in and then just overseed it. So it'll do a combination of both. Okay, great, and. Uh, uh, we got a crocus. From, uh, my grandson got a crocus from school, from kindergarten, yep. and uh, we got the plant, and it was in a small, I don't know, three-inch pot or something like that. And yep. uh, it had some, uh, I guess it looked like kind of grass leaves coming off it, no flowers. Yep. And uh, I uh, transplanted it into a bigger pot, and uh, now everything's died back on it. Is there? Is it? A- yeah. It, again, it likes it. It's sort of similar to what Diana was saying with the. Uh, 
um, sweet peas. They don't like it too warm. Okay. Like those are a very early spring um, flower that comes up, a bulb. So uh-huh. typically they're planted outside in the fall. Okay. And then they come up early spring. Right. Um, so again, it's it's just getting too warm. So it likes to be cool. Uh-huh. Um, so what I would do is I would recommend this. It might not recover all that great. So as soon as it thaws out enough, I would probably go try to find a spot planted out in the yard. All right. Into a sunny spot or try and put it outside during the day. You just want to cool it off. Get it out of the heat. It likes to cool down. Okay, sure. I guess I could All right, just well, put I'm just going to put you on hold, yeah. though, Gord. Okay. Um, and then uh, Tony will get your name and information. And our good friends at uh, Eagle Lake. Landscape Supply will get your big yellow bag delivered right to your house and uh, you'll be set to fix up that problem you got. Okay, very good. Thanks very much. All right. Thanks. All right. And we're going to go to Jean. Good morning, Jean. Good morning, Merle. I can help you? I'm always looking for different shrubs that have uh, berries for birds and uh, through my Googling and reading and whatnot, I've come up with three possibilities, and I was wondering what you think of them. All right, let me know. One is a winter berry. Yep. They're actually quite nice. You get really nice white berries. Um, okay. I have them on the side of my house, and actually I can see them right now, and uh, they're great. I don't know how much the bird. Well, actually, I have no berries left on them, so the birds must have ate them all. I don't get to see them a whole lot, but they're actually quite a nice looking berry because they they're really nice and bright white and they they look quite nice so all right that could be a very good possibility the next one the next one is a beauty berry a beauty berry yeah okay and i don't have the latin tongue twister okay i'm just going to yeah i'm just going to google that really quick because a lot of times um Things have different names, so yes. Uh, so I'm just pulling this up to see what it is. Okay, that looks like, and I'm not sure if that one will be hardy here. It's a proven oh, winners. May it not says, be hardy. Yeah, I haven't really seen that one. That sort of has like a. It looks like a purple. Um, yeah, a purple berry, berry yeah. sort of thing. Uh-huh. I'm just trying to see the what zone it is, and oh, let me keep looking. What is your third one? And the third one is a fire bush. Okay, and again, the fire bush. Let me see what that one looks like. Um, I think for the most part, for your berries here, for so far, I would go with the winter berry that you picked. Okay, and this fire bush is again it's more yeah it's a zone eight so it's it's definitely oh, not hard to hear lord zone yeah. eight yeah so oh. that looked great in your living room or in the house <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> that's good for the birds. <laughs> yeah okay. so a lot of times for the birds like they like like a lot of the cherry trees the uh-huh. ornamental crab apples are great as well uh, um, for his berries, like cranberries are good. Um, Cotoneasters are really quite good for, for birds as well. Well, um, I have them, but it has to be cut back. It's got the scale. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so 
that needs to get dealt with. Um, yeah. Any of the, like in Nanking cherries, the Saskatoons, yeah. things like that? Oh, um, I have a Saskatoon yeah. that's at least 25 or 30 feet high. It's, it's a tree, and yeah. the birds and I share. See, there's, there's plenty a good of one. berries for both of us. <laughs> well, that's nice. Um, yeah, so like Nanking cherry is a great one, too. I know the birds love those ones. So, All right. So out of the so, ones that you picked, I would sort of go with that winterberry. It might be a nice contrast to get a white berry into your yard. Yes, right. Thank you. All right. Take care. Thank you so much, Gene. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. And I'm getting close to um, the time, so I'm going to do a... I'm going to need to do a quick text here. Good morning, Merle. This is a cranberry bush. We have two that we have been struggling with three to four years with no success. Have used fungal spray treatments each year. We we're hoping to come back, but it will. Should we just get rid of them? Debbie from Lethbridge. Yeah, they get this nasty. And a lot of it is if it's a bit cool and they get water on the leaves, they get that fungus in them. Um, you can try pure spray green. One more, or even with that one, you might want to even just do a really good rejuvenation. Give it one more try, like take it right down to the ground and uh, try that with your cranberry. It, it should respond quite well, but I think once that fungus is in there, so what I would do is take it right down, Debbie, and cut it right back, treat it with pure spray green a couple times as it's leafing out and uh, and see what it does. But if you get it again, I agree with you. I think it's just time to get rid of it and uh, and deal with it at that point. But right now, I got to take a break for the news you're listening to. Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Mostly cloudy and zero in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 1030. I'm Megan Cobb. Advocates in Toronto and Vancouver are calling for the decriminalization of small amounts of drugs hoping the move will save lives. Data from the provincial government shows 160 people died of drug overdoses in Alberta in January. Canada's foreign affairs minister is heading to Europe for meetings to address the response to Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Melanie Jolie will take part in the Moldova support platform held in Berlin to discuss the Ukrainian refugee situation. And the fight for control over Ukraine continues with more civilians trying to evacuate the war zones and Ukrainian forces stepping up their efforts to take back control. A mix of sun and cloud with a high of 11 degrees today, partly cloudy, cooling to a low of 2 overnight. A chance of showers and 12 degrees for tomorrow. It's zero. Breaking news when it happens, our next update at 11. I'm Megan Cobb. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I'm going to go right to the phone lines. We're going to go to Janet. Good morning, Janet. Good morning, Merle. How are you this morning? I'm doing great. How can Good. I help you today? Good. Two questions, Merle. I have yep. a, a potentilla um, growing very well. Um, it's about four and a half feet high. How far do I cut it back um, to um, just make it look better? You just want to shape it a little bit? Yeah, shape it, and it's got it's old. It's probably oh, it's probably a good thirteen years old. Um, okay. So it always has a challenge, you know, pushing through that old. old have, bark. have you ever cut it right back? 
I have. Uh, probably about five years ago, I cut it right down to about six inches. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and it's come back really nicely, but it needs to be done again. Do I do that again? Yeah, you, it depends if there's lots of deadwood in it. Otherwise, I know um, I've seen a couple of my neighbors, they just sort of trim, like they get a hedge trimmer and just shape it. They take about four to six inches off the top every year. Okay. And it just keeps it like a nice little ball as well. But if mm-hmm. there's a lot of deadwood, like big old deadwood in there, but there shouldn't be after five years, um, I would just do that first. Like just give it a little shaping on the top. Yep. Like with a head trimmer, just sort of just shape it into a nice round ball, and that should perform great. Because um, I know my neighbor has the white ones, mm-hmm. and it just it blooms like crazy, and it just it works really well for him. Yeah, and mine is nice too. I just I haven't trimmed it since I you know gave it a severe haircut. I would call it uh, so yep. for five years I haven't trimmed it at all. So, uh, but they're okay. ones that respond very well to that rejuvenation too. If you get a bunch of deadwood, and like you said, four or five years when you cut it back, they do respond really well to that as well. So okay, great, thank you. Second question: I have a twenty-five, thirty-foot spruce tree that's broken off in the wind about halfway so it's probably about 15 feet high right now where it's broken off Um, and and it's not a a clean break by any means there's still a chunk hanging on it there so I have to take the chainsaw to it but I don't know what to do with it I think if if that's something you you can't do yourself um, I would call an arborist in if you're you're in Calgary give Mark a call I'm not I'm I'm three hours south of Calgary down by Waterton so yeah, so if you get in there, um, yeah, try to remove the top. I would just cut the whole tree down. It's okay. it's never going to recover from that. I didn't um, think so. Yeah. Re- yeah, it won't regrow. And if it ever does, you'll get two or three coming up. But yep. that'll be a really weak point, especially mm-hmm. down in that Waterton where you get that heavy wind. Oh, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So unfortunately, okay. it's just time to uh, just take it right down to the ground and uh, and cut it out and that's what I can do then. Okay. Yeah. Pre- All right. It. We'll be careful on that one, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, hopefully. Okay. Thanks, Merle. Thanks, Janet. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Yeah, those are always, we get a bit of that. It was quite windy there the other day, and uh, I know Mark had to get out to do a couple of emergency uh, cleanups on a couple of homes and things like that. So, And we're going to go to Gloria. Good morning, Gloria. Hi, Merle. Um, I have two questions. Is that okay? Okay. Um, first one is about potatoes. Um, we have different types of potatoes, and some of them get these worms, or I think they're worms, when when you uh, peel them, if you peel them, or they, you can tell yep. from the scab that they've got it. And how do you get rid of that stuff? Um, if it's worms, you can sort of see it, but if it's just potato scab, sometimes it's, if, if you're... If you're using a bit too much, do you add any amendments to your soil? Oh, always. <laughs> yeah, do, so you might be do. adding a bit too much, um, like too much manures and stuff. It causes a bit more of that scab. And ensure that you're trying to rotate your crop. So if you grow potatoes on one side one year, move them over to the other side the next year. But but it's not scab. It's okay. It's not scab. It's, oh, you it's see so- the worm going in there? Yeah, there's... Well, I don't see the worm itself. They're very tiny. They're just—they just go in about an inch into the okay. potato. So there is some um, insecticide that you can powder that you can use. Um, so I, you sort of do it like a shake and bake on your potatoes before you plant them too. You can oh, sort okay. of you put this powder on them, sprinkle it over top, 
yeah. and it gets in there and it looks after those worms. But again, um, the more of the maneuvers and stuff, you're going to get more of that worms and different things involved. So, okay. and just ensure that you rotate your crop and any of the systemic, I just don't like using a lot, any chemical or hardly any chemical because you're obviously going to be eating the potatoes and things like that. So, yeah. So rotate your crop is your best preventive and just potatoes get killed a bit too much with kindness. You just don't want to do too much to the soil for your potatoes. Like they like the good old, just the good dark loam. Um, a bit of amendments, and they don't need as much as some of the other things. You know, the only problem is that we we have a spot where we could do it, but it's we don't get water on it, and okay. so they don't yeah, do well. And they do need water, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, so this this maybe not do as much this year, and the the nutrients will deplete fairly quickly, right? And then, so if you can rotate them. Um, Maybe that that's really important because a lot of times if the same problem is in the same spot, they need yeah. to get rotated out. We do move them around, but I don't know. But it's it's certain ones we have different kinds, and they really go after this particular potato. So I think okay. I'll just stop using that. Particular yeah, that's potato. what I was gonna say. Maybe if one's causing more issues, <coughs> um, just don't don't use those ones as much. Or okay. trying to stop using those. Okay. It's um, yeah. It's I'm just trying to find another a way of doing it. Like, there's some nematodes that you can use as well. Like when they're like once the plant is up and going, we have nematodes that you can apply. So that's a natural biological control of them. Okay. Which can work quite well. What is the powder that you said that there was? Um. It's 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 called potato. I'm trying to think of the name right now. It comes in a tall tube. You'll be able to find it at most garden centers. Okay. And I'll look. try to find yeah. Another one is the. Uh, oh God, my mind is. Uh, the really, it's like a really sharp sand. You can use oh, that in there too. It deters the. Diatomaceous. Yeah, diatomaceous earth. Yes. Okay. There we go. All these names are going to start coming back to me now that we're in springtime. So if I put get... the diatomaceous earth around the, the, the tuber, like when we plant them, that'll yeah. do it? Yeah, that definitely helps as well. Okay. Would 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 ashes do the same thing? No. No? Okay. No. Okay. That just works more of an amendment, and it sort of that raises the the potash up, I believe, in the, in the acidity in your soil. Okay. So, okay. Yeah, just try that. Some sharp sands and and rotate as much and eliminate those other ones that are causing the problems. Okay. And are you starting with good seed tomato potatoes every year, or are you using your own? We use our own. See, and that could be a bit of the issue too, because if they're already in there, um, maybe start with good certified clean potatoes, like seed potatoes, one year made to clean up what you got going. Okay. It's hard to find. My favorite potato is is the uh, German butterball, and it's hard yeah. to find the the seed for that. Yeah, uh, we're just start. We got quite a few varieties in, and and I haven't looked at all of them, but I don't remember seeing it. So you maybe Google that or the German butter and find out what more the Latin name of it is, because there'll be more of a a, a species name of it. Because a lot of things get renamed depending on what district they came from. 
So it might that actually might be a Norland or something like that. Okay. Okay. Alrighty. And and the second question. This one okay. you're gonna hate. <laughs> I I use um um my own seed for this particular tomato because yep. I can't find the seed for it. It's called Hawaiian pineapple. Okay. And and, and last year and this year, same thing. The, the the seed came up and, and it started the plant grew fine, and then the leaves started curling and turning brown and yeah. yellow. It's got to be because of the seed, right? Well, it could be. Also, are you reusing the same soil? Or are you using no. new soil? No, no, I okay. I I don't. Okay, you use new soil. <clears throat> I use the the pot the um uh what is it called the big big bags of soil to start seedlings yeah okay yeah. yeah so no that should be good a lot of it is if they're if they're also getting too wet um i would also try using that evolved seedling starter with your tomatoes it'll help prevent a lot of that damping off and things like that they're, they're not damping off though they, they're they just don't, no they and and the other tomatoes that i grow they're fine Okay. It's just the Hawaiian pineapple that that's doing it, and and I'm thinking maybe it's because of the seed that I you know I I keep it from year to year. And it might that thing's already in there. Yeah, I'm not too sure. That one sort of has me puzzled. And no, and I love when people like growing your own tomatoes. Like I talk about slicing tomatoes and just put the slice right in the soil. Yeah. Things like that are always fun. So. Yeah. But... All right. Well, I got to go, Gloria. Okay. Thank you Darn. so much. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye. All right, I got to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Roel Coombs, and I'm going to answer one quick text here. Um, do trees only sucker when you cut them down? No, trees sucker a lot of times if they're improperly planted and a lot of times improperly cared for. So lack of water sends the suckers up. And and certain trees, like a lot of the the trembling aspen and stuff, that's how they survive, like all the ones around here. And as soon as you get outside the city, you'll see the trembling aspen. And then they send out their suckers, and that's sort of how they reproduce. Um, rather than from seed or whatnot, they, they reproduce and create more and more that way. So... <coughs> But the majority of the cause like for ornamental trees is improperly planted or and improperly cared for is the main cause for that. But right now, I'm going to go to the phone line. We're going to go to Bob. Good morning, Bob. Morning, Carol. Hi, Bob. I have a problem. I, I bought a couple of pallets of sod from Eagle Lake. Uh, I put it in the winter of 2020. Yeah. Uh, I got half a load brown half was green I had a lot of it and it all came up really fast. Uh, but I, uh, it was all fresh loam I had the, the total lawn removed and, and the fresh loam poured on but yeah. I had some corners where my old gardens were etc now I planted some zucchini I planted zucchini here in the last couple of years I'm getting white spots on the leaf zucchini is not producing uh, now yeah. that sort of a Fungus is moving up bottom from the corner of my new lawn. That corner. How do I stop it? Kill my new yeah, lawn. Yeah, it sounds. 
you're suddenly getting powdery mildew and there's a little bit of uh, winter snow mold. So one one thing is to, in the fall, mow the grass down, not really, really short, but a little bit shorter and and not pile snow in, in certain areas. Like, so I'm not sure if this is where the snow was piled because um, some, sometimes you get the snow mold that way. Um, but as soon as the snow melts, like right now, if you go out and give it a quick rake, that'll get rid of it off the grass. You could give it a spray of pure spray green. Um, that would help as well. But for the most part, it, it leaves the grass fairly quickly. Um, and and treat any of your other plants like that you're getting that powdery mildew, you can use that pure spray green on them. And if you sort of do it on a weekly, it's also really good for getting rid of aphids and spider mites and all the other stuff that you get on your zucchinis. And it's, and it's safe to use on that as well. So it's not a soil contamination from the old soil? On no, no, no. It's just, um, a lot of it's just from the, the environments there. Um, the grass a little bit long. Sometimes we're, if snow's been piled in an area, um, it could be from, I don't think it's from the plants, but you're getting, or if leaves get left on the on the, on the the grass, things like that. It could uh, transfer to the, to the grass. Yeah. And and sometimes it's just yeah, some will get the snow mold. Like I get it I've had it a couple times and it just comes up and then like I said when it's dry, if I just go give it a quick rake, get rid of it, it t- it tends to go away pretty quickly. So it's the beat and don't water at night, like water early in the morning and uh just before like sunrise, things like that. That makes all the difference. I do I water in the mornings Okay, good. I I'll get yeah, and just ensure that using a good fertilizer, like our green it up lawn fertilizer, get a good active growing lawn, and then you should be good to go. So healthy, except for that. Uh, that yeah, having a really bad line there, Bob. We keep breaking up, but we got to go actually for a break anyway. So hopefully that okay. helped. Thanks, Bob. Okay, thanks. And Bob. thank you. And you're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. Going to go right to the phone line. We're going to go to Ken. Good morning, Ken. How are you this morning? Good, good. How can I help you? Ken, or uh, Merle, uh, my neighbor's got an elm tree, and uh, half it's leaning on my property, half it's on his I've had two large branches come down on the side of my house already. Uh, I know I'm past the pruning date on alums. He doesn't want to take the whole tree down. He just wants to take two big limbs off. I've already talked to an herbist. He says he won't touch it because of the, the due date was gone. Yes. Um, is, now, the neighbor is determined he's going he's gonna to cut these branches probably here in the next week or two. Uh, they're roughly, I'd say, about a foot through. Is there anything that you can put on the open wound? Um, you don't really usually don't need to, as long as the prune, as long as it's pruned properly. And if you're taking big branches like that, you kind of want to take them in a third, a third, and a third. Like take the t- third out, move in closer to the trunk as you go, so it mm-hmm. doesn't tear. And you want to get just in front of the collar. You can use uh, lac balsam as a as a cover for it, but typically, if it's proper pruned, they don't need that. And, hey, Ken, have you done your spring cleanup yet? Uh, no, I haven't, sir. All right. Do you want some help? I'll get the 1-800-GOT-JUNK. Do you have to get rid of anything? Could you use uh, a $100 gift card? 
Uh, no, uh, it'd be nice, but uh, I. Uh, <laughs> You don't uh, need it? I, I kind of work for the county, so I, I'm allowed to go okay. into transfer stations anytime I want. So you give that to somebody that really needs her, buddy, and I appreciate it very All right. much. All right. Take care, Ken. And, uh, yeah, he probably should wait, but if he doesn't, that's fine. Okay, All right. thank you. All right, let's go to Greg. Good morning, Greg. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, he probably should wait, but if he doesn't, Hi, Greg. Okay, Greg. Thank you. Maybe Greg, just turn off the radio, Greg. Yeah, hey, Greg. Uh, Good morning. Hey, Greg. <laughs> I can help you there, sir. Um, I'm just west of you and uh, just thinking of putting a hedge in and just wanted to see what you'd recommend. Um, actually, there's some really good hedges. Obviously, um, there's the old standby, the Catoni Aster, but there's lots of new ones um, I like um, recommending. Actually, there's some really good hedges, obviously. The, maybe turn your radio off in the truck or car. Or, um, yeah, no, it's, it's off. There you go. Okay. Um, Diablo, any of the nine barks make really good hedges. Um, even where you are, it'll grow nice, and, and they like being pruned. They respond very well, like the Diablo or the Summer Wine. There's lots of, of the different – there's a red, there's a green of the nine barks. They work really well. And uh, any of the hydrangeas, some of the – if you're looking for something a little bit lower ornamental, or are you looking for something big as a windbreak a bit? Uh, bigger, like a windbreak, I guess, yeah. Okay, then I'd go to, like, the Velocia Lilac, things like that. Okay, and do you carry those? Yes, we do, obviously. Yes, we carry all the big lilacs, um, and they'll be able to help you out. And could you use a $100 gift card for 1-800-GOT-JUNK to help clean up this spring, or...? Uh, I actually probably could not. I've already done my... my spring oh, look at you. So, yeah. I can't give this thing away. <laughs> all no, right. Thank you. Okay, thank you all very right. much. All right, take care. Bye bye. Let's <laughs> try one more. All right, let's go to. Um, I think we're at Diane. Good morning, Diane. Hi, Diane. Diane. Hello. All right, Good let's go to Mark. Oh, there's Diane. Oh, sorry, I had you on mute. Apologize. That's. <laughs> It wouldn't be the first time for me. A <laughs> <laughs> um, couple of quick questions around lawn care. I currently do yep. use your 16326 yep. for my fertilizer. Um, but coming up now, before we start to get out of the lawn and fertilize for green growth, what can we um, apply to the soil? And when can we start thatching? When can we thatch um, here? I like to wait a little bit, depending on if you get full south exposure. Like when I just start seeing it greening, like start to see a little bit of growth underneath there. When it's fully thawed and you're walking on it, it kind of feels soft. Um, when you start seeing a bit more, it's when it's not frozen. Like So if you have north side or east side, we're still a couple weeks away. Like I said, okay. unless you're wide open, I would hold off. And uh, But I, yeah. I, I said, wait till it's fully, like, it's sort of end of April. I kind of wait early, like late last week in April, first week in May, sort of thing. Okay. Still have lots of time. And uh, could you use a one eight hundred dollar one hundred dollar gift card for one eight hundred got junk? <laughs> Probably not. No, no maybe. I'm sorry. 
That's okay. Hey, I know. Anybody, it's hard to get rid anybody, of. I just, yeah, yeah. If anybody could use one, call in and uh, Tony will get you a $1,800, $100 gift card for 1-800-GOT-JUNK. Well, there's so, so many people moving. It's hard to believe, but they're busy packing. So my other yeah. question was, um, okay. in terms of soil replenishment, um, I mean, obviously the fertilizer I have is for green growth, but is that also something or is there something else I can be applying um, late April, early May, like to yeah, you could top dress your your lawn like after you do the dethatching, fertilize, okay. and then put um you could put an inch or so of just good garden loam on top, um, okay. and then you'll be amazed at how fast that gets eaten up. Okay, all right, perfect, wonderful. Sorry, right. I can't take that got junk no one, but someone will enjoy it. Have a great yeah, day, no. thanks, Merle. All right, let's go. I got one more. Actually, I don't have time for one more caller. We'll maybe see if Mark wants that one eight hundred got junk. And till next week, we'll get our garden on right here on seven seventy CHQR.